Are you there today or, or, or what? We, we're working oh, sorry, we starting? Yeah. My fault about that. All right, here we go. <laughs> Every time I do that, my mom's like, man, I know you're doing the episode in there. So I hope you heard that. All right. Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Man to Man, the best NBA podcast where we bring you the latest topics around the NBA. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the hoop star, Nash. Namaste to you, Hoop. How you doing, brother? How's your week been? Tell the people. You have the same answer every time. I ask you how you been. You're good. Had done jack shit. Give the people something that they don't know about you that you may have done this week besides drink. Um, I've made some money uh, gambling. Uh, there we go. The NBA is back. The MLB is back. And I've been making some money on gambling. So MLB is kind of jacking it right now. They're getting rocked with the Miami Marlins. And then what? They were playing the Phillies. The Phillies had a couple guys. I think Miami pushed to like 18. Philly had three. And then the Cardinals came out, and they had three guys. Yeah, I don't right. know. They, they're not in a bubble. They're not in a bubble. We know zero tests and zero uh, positive tests in the bubble of NBA right now. But MLB, they got too many guys on our team and all that. They can't do a bubble. So right. is it going to – I mean, are they going to continue the season? What are you thinking about that? I don't know. It's going to be scary to, to see what actually happens with that. But I must ask you first and foremost. We'll see. Uh, what? Why Why are you wearing the, the black, all black? Uh, you did a little outfit change. Why are you wearing all black? Uh, you see, I got the outfit. I got the little skinny black tie. Um, yeah, it was a tough night for me tonight. Um, and last night. It really started last night when um, TJ Warren with a 50-burger absolutely <laughs> murdered the Philadelphia 76ers. So I did attend the funeral tonight. Uh, they did have the visitation last night after the game. Um, so I had to pay some cash considerations here and there to actually get into the funeral. But uh, yeah, we're a hey, Pacer nation. I think we're the only team that has won all of our games so far. We haven't played a second game. Don't, don't hold me to that hoop, right, but we're one and oh baby. So, so we attended the funeral. Sure. Sixers are an overrated team. Pacer Nation keeps sleeping. We don't get any media covers. Like, who's TJ Warren? They're still talking crap in the comments on the sports center. But stud. So, funeral attended. It was a good time. All right. Cool. Good to know. Cool deal. All right. You're making some money. I'm attending funerals. Uh, if you aren't um, subscribed yet, I know we had a giveaway. We'll get into that very quickly here. Uh, please subscribe to our channel. Give us good reviews. Share with family and friends. Blase, blase. All that good stuff. Uh, before we do get into the winner of our giveaway, um, as we anticipate to do this drawing today, and the very first thing that we do here before this episode, we want to shout out our good friends at Yaz Apparel. It's the hottest streetwear available on the market. Um, you know, they got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different color set hoodies, t-shirts, and more that will fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes is the Yaz hoodie and Zarsal. Hey, every item sold to win-win. Uh, you know, they, they donate clothing to the homeless. You look good. You know, you smell good. You, you might like get a chick or two. Um, plus everything in the store is 50% off at the checkout. It's yasmapro.club. Go check them out. We'll throw that link in the description. Time for the giveaway. I, I couldn't even get through that because I'm just thinking about this giveaway. I'm just so hyped up about it. Hoop. Um, we appreciate everyone who entered our, entered this contest this week, uh, and subscribe to our YouTube page. 
Again, share the pod, share our podcast with your family or your podcast family, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate it. You guys keep us motivated. Get, keep going. We write these docs. We don't make any money off it. And, um, you know, the more help we can get, we appreciate it. So with that being said, we got a random, uh, a random name generator here, right? We do. We, we got do. all the names. Yep. Everybody. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, why don't you go ahead and break it down for us? What we got over there? Yeah. Um, so we got everybody in the name, name generator. And I guess we'll, uh, just, you know, hit go real quick and see who, who wins the giveaway. Is that, is that fair? That's fair. Let's do it. Look at these guys talking about I'm in a black suit right now, bro. Funeral, <laughs> more funerals to come. So who we got? We got some people that subscribed. We are going to do a random. We thought, it'd be, you know, we were like, should we do the, the random generator before the episode or should we just do it live? We did it live last time in our Christmas giveaway. We think it's fun if we do it live this time. So let's get into it. We'll do a drum roll, maybe like a three, two, one countdown. You get a nice Miami uh, D-Wade jersey. It's cool. We want one. We don't have one. Yeah. So uh, you want to give it a little drum roll, and then we'll... I give it a little drum roll. Here we go. <laughs> got a three. Zion, you need more minutes. Two. Eastern <laughs> Nation, baby one. Who we got? All right, we're searching. We're searching. And the winner is the winner goes to Andrew Bilas. Andrew Billis. Billis. Bilas. Yeah, Bilas. Good dude. Good dude. Cool. Yeah. Andrew, a uh, little background of Andrew. He was in the same attorney as I was, a couple years younger than me at Knoxville. Um, yeah, I, I literally like re-downloaded GroupMe. And uh, this weekend I was like, hey, guys, I know I haven't been in this shit for a minute, but if you guys just do this. <laughs> he was a super nice kid. He was like, yeah, I got you, dude. Cool. Andrew Billis. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Coming from a small town in Knoxville, Tennessee. You uh you receive a Miami Vice D Wade jersey. Yeah. Um, we're gonna ask you if you still want it because we kind of want it, but we'll give it to you. Uh, I guess we'll shoot you. A, I got your number. I'll shoot you a text here, um, and and we'll get that going from here. We'll mail it to you. Yeah. But for the people that didn't win, um, we're we're giving more giveaways. We got more giveaways at the end of this episode. Is we're gonna be giving away love. Um, <laughs> but we got we got new merch coming out here. We do plan on giving away a couple free shirts. Stay tuned for that. We're making pop sockets, um, phone wallets, accessories, anything like that. So please, this will not be the last giveaway. Stay tuned and, uh, you know, you'll get free stuff where it's fan gear, whether it's cash considerations from TJ Warren. We got stuff in the works. For sure, for sure. Cool. You want to give a little recap, Hoop? Yeah, so a little recap of last week. We mainly just talked about the scrimmage games. Lou Williams, you know his situation getting caught at the, the old strip club. Yeah. We, we did talk about Vic. Coming back, you know, making his um, presence known for the Pacers. And then this week, um, we finally, and I, I can't really stress this enough, you know, but we get to talk about actual games that matter. Basketball is on the team. Real, real NBA basketball. Yeah, but uh, almost real. We do have an exception with the, uh, the virtual fans, but we'll get into oh, that yeah. uh, a little later on into the episode. But yeah. I just want to start off with uh, kind of opening night. I guess we'll just – there's yeah. two games, four teams, and we'll just start from there. Let's um, do it. We're so, not going to start out with the Lakers. No, we will not do Even that. Even though the Lakers, we're playing let's, – let's do another team. Let's do another game that night, right? The yeah. only other game. Yeah. We'll talk about the Lakers second, so it won't be first. But first game, uh, Pelicans and the Jazz. I kind of want to just talk about Zion first because that's kind of where all the talk has been – surrounded about you know that game and this beginning of this restart so we know that zion left the bubble um before the restart for this family matter 
you returned to the bubble. He had to quarantine for four days. Um, so that really only left him with like two days of practice before this first game. Um, he wasn't really on a minute restriction, but the training staff basically said, if we look out there and we see him that he's tired, this visual you know, factor of if he looks tired um, in the stretches, we're going to say, hey, coach, you got to pull him out. Um, so he actually only played 15 minutes of real time. So it wasn't great. But um, when he was in the game, his production was high. He was six for eight, and then he scored 13, you know, 13 points. The, the biggest thing, though, for me from this game is that the Pelicans, you know, they led going into the fourth quarter, 87 to 79. Um, but they proceeded to get outscored, 27 to 17, in that quarter. And when the game neared, you know, end and they needed a little push, you know, some, some extra help, Zion was nowhere to be found. He was, uh, I mean, he didn't even play the last eight minutes of this game. So do you think Zion needs to be on this hard, I guess, hard minute restriction or this light minute restriction? Um, and can we see this for the future for the Pelicans? Because after this first game, it almost, to me, guarantees that the Pelicans won't make the playoffs. To answer your question, minute restriction Absolutely not. Play Zion. He's 19 years, 20 years old. I think he just turned 20 like two days ago. And you're you're in a you're in a bubble. You come to a bubble for a reason, being the ninth through that 13th spot. Trying to make that eighth seed. Grizzlies are uh 0-2 or they one and one right now? Grizzlies? 0-2. They're 0-2 right now. Pelicans, you you know, you lose your first game. We'll go into the ninth and tenth and all them. All those other guys are winning games. You're going to need Zion to perform, especially in those last eight minutes. I mean, you got – when I look at the minute restrictions from Zion, I'm thinking of an NJ dog, you know, how NJ's coming off that injury. Put him in the game where they most need him in the game. If you're going to do a minute restriction, 15 minutes. Kimball Walker's coming on a minute restriction of 20 minutes. Brad Stevens is doing a phenomenal job putting, in, putting him in and, you know, bits and pieces where they absolutely need him in crunch time. Fourth quarter, last five minutes. Hey, Zion, you want to come in the game, brother? We got eight minutes left in the fourth. Right. Nah, I'm good, bro. I'm like, what? Yeah. We got like two seconds to play. It just doesn't make sense. They came to the bubble. Everyone's saying the Pelicans are, you know, going to finish in that eighth spot. But look at the Spurs sliding in. They're ninth right now. Let's let's keep that in mind. For the minute restriction, they got to play Zion. I don't think I, I, the kid wants to play if he were like, Tony Parker injury or a fake Olo Depot injury, veteran in the league. Zion's got a lot of years in this league, man. I understand, you know, holding him accountable and, you know, letting him sit. But you got to play him if you want to make these playoffs. Right. I think the the biggest thing, though, is, you know, he he looked good when he was out there. So he wasn't like he was, like, super, super tower, tired. He produced. And then especially down the stretch, you know, if you know it's going to be a closer game, you kind of nailed it on the head. Wait until the – closer to the end of the game and get those last, you know, if he has three or four minutes left on the restriction, put him in at the, that, that, you know, crucial time. So it doesn't get, you know, to a point that you can't win the game, you know, or make it to a point when he does get into the game that he contributes for you guys to be in a position to actually win that game. Right. Here's another thing with Zion's minute restriction. When they, when Gentry was asked about this post game, he's saying, yeah, a guy like this, that comes off an injury, I mean, we were kind of making fun of it, Hoop. I, I mean, especially you were talking about how he was going to be a bust earlier in the season and how he's learning to walk and all that stuff. 
like I'm saying, man, kid's 19, he's good to go. But Gentry's like, you know, with these type of injuries, they they will get minute restrictions. It's not like these players just come off injuries like this and, um, you know, play the whole game, the whole 48 minutes or whatnot. Bro, you haven't coached a Zion Williamson. No one's coached a player like Zion Williamson. He's good to go. But, hey, let's talk about some other players within the Pelicans just real quick before we move on to this other game. J.J. Redick, sharpshooter. What's that stat that you sent me? When you were texting me the stat about J.J. Redick, was it four years of high school? Yes. Yeah, so championship? He made, he made the finals four years in, in high school. He made mm-hmm. all four finals in the um, college. College at Duke. And then all 13 seasons so far of his career in the NBA, he's made the playoffs. So that right. that streak might, you know, come down and end, you know, because the Pelicans aren't aren't looking too strong about about making that that, that push for the playoffs. So. Another guy I want to point out is Bi real quick, Brandon Ingram. Right. That was a good look, a little step back. It was for JJ. They're down two on the sideline. They're they're looking for JJ off a double screen. I think Bi had a great shot right there, sidestep little James Harden just in and out. I think KD shot at Bi, you know, during the game. That was that was a Great shot. I think the Pelicans, they're kind of struggling right now, need Zion, but they look good. If I had to put money on who would make the eighth right now, it wouldn't be the Spurs, who is currently in ninth. It wouldn't be the uh, the Trailblazers. It would still be the Pelicans. But the Grizzlies got to step it up and, and win some games in, in order for that to not happen. Right, for sure. Well, let's go into some, some real contenders with the second game of the, the opening night with the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, so the biggest thing – in my eyes, is that we'll see rust in these first couple of games. And yeah. we definitely saw some rust from, you know, what two of the best teams in the West. So that was, you know, that was expected. But Paul George, Kawhi, they looked pretty good. Uh, Kawhi had 30. I think Paul George had 28. So they were, you know, pretty much normal. Um, but with about 12.8 seconds left in the game, none other than Mr. LeBron James com- comes in clutch. Puts the Lakers up by two with a little tip in off of his own shot. And then, you know, on that final possession, one of the best defenders in the league in my eyes, LeBron James, not only locks down Kawhi and makes him pick up his dribble, he switches on to Paul George, you know, makes him make a tough, you know, take a tough shot. It doesn't go in, and the Lakers kind of squeeze out with the victory. But... Before, like, I, I like praising him, but I do have concerns starting with this game. And I know it's only the first game, but I'm scared for the Lakers um, right. that they will even make it out of the West. I don't even know if they'll make it into the Western Conference Finals. And here, here's my reasons why. Um, the first one I got is that the Clippers, you have to realize they didn't have Lou Williams or Montrezl Harrell in this game. And both of those guys combined for, like, 25 points um, together. LeBron was dominant. I'll give him that, but um, he was. I think he was the fourth best player on the court for that night. Um, AD definitely was. You know, the only real reason why the Lakers had a chance, he went off for thirty something points, yeah. right? And yeah. then, I mean, and then both on the other side, the Kawhi and Paul George had a great game. So I don't know. I think we have some trouble in in LA. Because then we see this again with the Raptors, you know, this their second game. It was pretty much lackluster all, all from start to beginning for the Lakers. So, start to end, start to end. Yeah. yeah. But I guess I'll ask you this then. 
what do you – I mean, how do you feel? I know you have the Lakers winning the finals, right? Um, and they they haven't – the Lakers haven't played the best basketball in these first couple of games. So yeah. are you worried about what you've seen so far or do you still – are you still confident? Because for me, the confidence has, has dropped dramatically so far. Okay, listen. We're talking one game here, <laughs> two games, okay? Lakers secure in that first spot. I still got my money on them if I had to bet on, on who's winning the finals. But you do make a good point. You weigh out the two teams here. You got a fully loaded Lakers roster. And then the only two guys that you're talking about with the Clippers are who? Paul George and Kawhi. Where's Montrez Hill? Where's Lou Williams? Where's Pat Bev? Pat Bev didn't even do that well last game. He was kind of a no-name uh, that game. But, uh, yeah, when when you get the, the Clippers, and we've been preaching it all year, when they're not they've – never, they've never been fully rostered this year, right? Paul George and Kawhi only 32 games played out of the 50. They might have some struggle, too. I'm thinking the Lakers are fully loaded here. They'll be good, but they can't let games like that slip. You can't be up 12, 14 points and then let Paul George come, come down and you know hit a couple back-to-back threes. But the Clippers can't let their own team slip, too. Once they get fully rostered and fully loaded, ready to go, they could be a team that isn't fully prepared because they haven't had that chemistry all season um, to go out there and – maybe make it to the Western Conference Finals. I don't know. You still have teams like the Rockets. You still have teams like the Jazz. This is the NBA playoffs. Once we get here, it's not like people – it might be really easy to say the Lakers, yeah, the Clippers. Okay, that's a – that's fair because they're probable to win, but you still have to go through juggernaut teams. You know, the duos of the leagues are what we like to call them with Harden, Westbrook. Westbrook looks phenomenal coming back in off that COVID. And uh, I was about to call it a COVID injury. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. I have a little bit of concerns for the Lakers. They do look sloppy here and there. My only concern is they can't just, like you were saying, they can't lackluster, put the you know foot on the brakes and you know feel comfortable where they're at just because they are in that number one spot right now. Right. And I mean, I know it is the first couple of games. I just, these first couple of games for every team is the momentum to go into the playoffs. You can't go into the playoffs playing like you are now. So like game when game seven and eight come around, they better be clicking on all cylinders or, you know, one of these teams in the West could easily upset them like that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if the Pacers are taking LeBron to game seven, I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> anybody uh, can do it in the West. I mean, the West is much stronger, much stronger talent, much stronger, you know, conference over there. So right. anything can happen. I think both teams have concerns right now. I will go back and say the first couple of games back, you know, everyone's looking a little rusty here and there. But there's no excuses starting this next week. Right. And then, I mean, we kind of talked about it. The West is so filled with teams. Let's go into the second night with the, the Trailblazers. They come back from 15 to beat this Grizzlies team in overtime. For me, I think this is a nomination for game of the week. It didn't quite make it there because we had a, another big game uh, later on in the week. But it was led by Dame Dollar and C.J. McCollum, basically. Um, this was a game of runs. The Grizzlies were up 13, and then, you know, in the third quarter, and they took a 15-point lead in the in the fourth quarter. And as quickly as they got that lead, you know what the Blazers do. They come blazing back. You know what I right. mean? Hey, blazing back, baby. Yeah. You know, I like that. I like that. Um, and then Melo hit a three with about 37, 37 seconds, I believe, to, to tie the score, and we went into overtime. And pretty much from overtime, the Blazers – you know, they they took care of, you know, business behind Trent Jr. and McCollum. They just lit it up from three. So 
they ended up winning that one, 140 to 135. But for me, I got a couple of things I want to note. It was good to see Nurkic back and Zach Collins. They're definitely presence on the floor was was good the Blazers will need that if they need to continue to push for these playoffs um so that was good to see but we see this twice now from the Blazers that they have to come back from these giant leads and right. and these deficits and like we see today with the the Celtics you know they mm-hmm. had to they came rowing back and it wasn't enough to beat right. this the Celtics team so I don't I don't like to, to see that um as much but I guess I'll ask you this then, if if this is fair to say, I don't know if if the Blazers, you know, doing this type of basketball, this style of basketball, coming back from big leagues like this, is enough to make a to even make it into the playoffs, let alone win games in the playoffs. Because currently they're tenth in the West. I thought I think we mentioned it. They're two games behind the Spurs, who are ninth, and now they're three games behind the Grizzlies, who still hold that eighth spot. So. Do you think right. they'll they'll make it into the playoffs or, or what? As much as I, I like Dame Dollar and I think he deserves to make the playoffs every single year, I think he might be on a team where they're just not as functional as other teams, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, they're still a team that hasn't had their full chemistry. It seems like a lot of these guys have been banged up here and there. But you have had time. These guys that are playing right now, Nurkic and Collins, they were never even supposed to play. So these guys got to step it up. Um, as for the backcourt of, of CJ and Dane losing leads like that, what is the NBA? It's a game of runs. You can't, you can't start slow. You got to start hot. It's all about the momentum in the bubble. There's no fans. There's no excuse. You got to be able to just lock in. And that's what these players aren't doing right now. Man, if they, they played the Celtics today and they lost by four, but they came back from, 20, from a 24-point um, lead by the Celtics, they could have easily won that game by 24 points if they were tied. You know what I'm saying? So Portland's looking, you know, a little exhausted right now. I will say I like to see Carmelo Anthony hit a, hit a big shot. He's still got it in him. He's not very quick. He's not very mobile. But, uh, you know, he's still got it in him. Grizzlies got to step it up. To answer your question, I don't think the Trailblazers will make the playoffs. I think we're still looking at the Grizzlies. If they can um, proceed to do well and win a couple games this next week, I think they'll have it secured in the next couple weeks. So we did talk about the Celtics and the Blazers. Let's go into the, that second game, though, the second night with the Celtics losing to the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. So we see a little bit of a controversy towards the end of the game. Foul call on Giannis was overturned to actually give him two free throws instead of the sixth foul, and he would have been fouled out. And with about a minute and 30 seconds left in that game, Giannis pretty much knocks down two free throws to you know kind of give him the edge to win this game. So, you know, the bigger takeaway for me in this game is not that the best team in the NBA in terms of like their record won this game, but the questions I see is that it, it, it's the leadership that's, that's not there for the Celtics. And when I think leadership, I think of your best player. And Jason Tatum is obviously the Celtics' best player, and he was nearly non-existent in this game. I mean, shooting a great percentage of two for 18, that's, you know, that's ass bad as I would like to say it's ass bad um and if the Celtics want to be considered as like a real contender this year for a championship Tatum has to show up every single day in every single game and I know that he's young but that doesn't give him permission not to show up in every game and he has to prove that in his play 
But, you know, credit to him. He, you know, he did do a, a good job bouncing back against the Blazers in their second game. Um, he had like 34 points, I believe, and eight rebounds. Yeah. Knocked down a bunch of threes. But we do see this lack of leadership again. Um, they, like we said, they gave up a 24 point lead to a Blazers team that's not even going to make the playoffs. So, right. I mean, they battled it out. They, I mean, they won the game ultimately. But do you think that the Celtics are contenders um, to make it out of the East um, with this lackluster of, of like leadership that we are starting to see? Um, and is that actually a determining factor, you know, if they don't have a leader? Every team has a leader, and for the Celtics, they're a young core, especially with their, their second group coming out. You look at the Celtics, and they're like, okay, it's a really good team, but who's the leader and who's the dog? Who's the Russell Westbrook? Who's the Giannis? Who's the Victor Oladipo? Who are these guys that are going to step up? When they're playing the Bucks, I think the Bucks will go to the finals. If Giannis doesn't win with the Bucks this year, I think he'll go somewhere else. The Bucks are very tough to contain. Celtics... I don't know if they're playing him in a game seven series. Maybe though the Bucks will win in five. I don't know what the Celtics are going to do. They've always been there. They can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We've seen that, but they can't make it past that next step. It's kind of like the Trailblazers in the West, but the you know the West is so stacked. We keep talking about it, but it's the Celtics are right there. They're inching right there. They tried to acquire Kimba. Kimba's trying to be the leader again. Another guy that's been injured. It's insane. He's supposed to be the leader of the team with Jason Tatum, along with Jalen Brown, who's a guy who's, I'd say, is one of their like top key players behind Tatum. If Tatum's having a, a rough day, it's got to be Jalen Brown. If Jalen Brown's having a rough day, it's got to be Gordon Hayward. But they're, these guys need to come together. I'm going to talk about the Pacers because I know the Pacers are the best. They don't have you know this super superstar besides like you know like a Vic and a Domas. But these guys still need to come together if they're playing like shit. If they have a 24-point lead, you can't lose that. And that's where that's where that young core of a team comes in. Because once they start to lose and get down and that momentum starts to swift the other, shift the other way to the other team, then they're kind of looking at each other and missing shots and stuff. I tell you, that can't happen against the Bucks. That can't happen in the second or third round. Right. I think you, you nailed it. I think, you know, it's hard with Kimba off that injury and, and on some minute restrictions and kind of plugging them in in there in there here and there but I mean I think Jason Tatum needs to you know grow up a little bit in terms of you know he's that best player he's leading their team in scoring take over a team one time and you know get some respect get some confidence in yourself that you can do that and when you're you know when the lead was cut into half that's when you you know sit there and say hey this shit can't happen no more get it together or say to your team, that can't happen. Or you turn around and look at them, this isn't going to happen, jump on my back and let's do it. We saw yeah, that. And if you're, not, if you're not performing on the offensive end, play defense, do something else, get other guys involved, make plays. Tatum, you're a facilitator. Go in, crisscross, applesauce, dish, dish it aside. Marcus Smart, you got to step up. You're a vet on the league. You're a vet in, on the team. He's got to be the true leader, in my opinion. But it is Jason Tatum just because he's the best player on the team, but not always the best player is the leader on the team. They're confused. Yeah. I don't think, I, I think the Celtics are kind of an overrated team because they've been to that point. Uh, the, I, I don't know what else to say about them. Uh, they're good. Had my money on them today, but wouldn't have my money on them beating the Bucks or anything like that. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's transition into our, our favorite segment, uh, worthy or keep it moving. First up on the docket today, we got Jimmy Butler. 
he comes out with no name on the back of his jerseys, and the referees are like, "Nah, you gotta, you gotta put on a jersey with something on there." Um, is this worthy, or are we keeping it moving? Hey, let's push the brakes here for Jimmy. All right. All right. All right. Jimmy always wants to do his thing. We know that about Jimmy. He's working out at three a.m., dribbling basketballs in his hotel room. He's getting snitched on. He's switching five teams in three years. Jim's Jimbo, what's going on, my guy? Listen. For the NBA restart, the league has obviously allowed players to choose from a pre-approved list of social justice messages for the back of the jersey. You've seen guys have equality, how many more, Black Lives Matter. Um, players also had the option to choose nothing, just have their number on the back of their jersey um, with their last name instead of on top underneath the number. And uh, Jimmy, um, those were really the only two options, dude. There was no third option. He wanted to have a jersey on with no name. Um, he wanted to make a statement. He quoted, if I wasn't who I was today, I'm no different than anybody else of color. And I want that to be my message in the sense that just because I'm an NBA player, everybody has the same right no matter what. I understand that part, Jims, but you're still getting paid millions of dollars and you still have to abide by these NBA regulations. I don't know. It's kind of a good call. I feel, I feel like we would do something, something like that in school where we try to get away with a yeah, little something. Yeah, you got to push the rules as far as they, they'll bend, right? I like that. I like that he stepped out of the, out of you know the comfort zone and, and did what he had to do. But I don't know. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah. I mean, it was it was good. I mean, I I think it, he meant well in all of it. But at the same time, you were given rules. And yeah, I mean, if anything, if if you feel that way or you feel like you sh- shouldn't be any different than anybody else, just put your own last name on the back of the jersey, you know, and just like nothing else. I mean. Start talking about what you want to talk about out on and I mean off the court, and then just let your your, your play do the talking in terms of yep. on the court. Uh, next up, you know we got some ties with the Wizards. We got Garrison Matthew as a big interviewee on here. Um, they lose their first game. Is this worthy or, or are we keeping it moving? Uh, we'll keep it moving. A little bit about the Wizards, real quick. Um, lost to the Suns. Magic beat the Nets. Magic and the Nets are going at it. Magic's eighth spot right now. That's where the Wizards are trying to get. Every game the Wizards lose in a Magic win, harder chances of making it to the eighth spot. Keep it moving. All right. So the next big thing that we see, you know, bouncing around the, the NBA this week was, uh, you know, the kneeling and, you know, players and, and coaches deciding uh, basically to, you know, stand for the national anthem. Um, so throughout the first two games, every team that played had a large man, you know, group of them kneeling for the national anthem while wearing that Black Lives Matter shirt, you know, in a form of kind of silent protest. So is this uh, worthy or are we uh, kidding? Yeah, it's worthy. It's very controversial. So let's talk about it. Um, we see guys like Jonathan Isaac stand up during the national anthem, plays for the Magic. We see Greg Pop stand up, uh, along with assistant head coach from the Spurs, Becky Hammond, stand up. Myers Leonard was another guy who stood up. And uh, Doc Rivers was a, a guy who actually kneeled and talked about how his knee hurt for two minutes. Can't imagine someone being on someone else's knee for eight minutes. We're going to Jonathan Isaac real quick. Um, he pretty much neither had a, a Black Lives Matter shirt or um, – any, any Stanford. He was the only guy who didn't wear the Black Lives Matter shirt while standing. Myers, Pop, Becky, they all wore the shirts. Um, he kind of, you know, represented it or uh, related it back to like his gospel and, and, and God. And 
And he said, I do believe that Black Lives Matter, but uh, I just feel like it was a decision that I had to make. I didn't feel like putting that shirt on and knowing went hand in hand with supporting Black Lives Matter. Uh, I believe that for myself, my life has been supported by gospel, Jesus Christ. Everyone is made in the image of God. Um, kind of referring to everyone makes mistakes, everyone's forgiven. Uh, I don't know. He just didn't agree with what the uh, what kneeling really really meant for him as a person. Pop said it was his own choice. Myers Leonard, probably the most countryest dude in the NBA. This was kind of expected, um, but he did say Myers. We all know Myers' heart. Um, he said, you know, I understand that kneeling is not about the flag in the military, but to me it is, uh, based upon real life experiences and real raw emotion that I've had in my own life. That is what it means to me. We know Myers had a brother in the war, um, so it's it's a little bit more meaningful. We know Myers is, you know, chugging Coors Lights, and he's got on the boots, but, you know, interviewed they interviewed Eric Spolstra after the game and said, everyone knows his heart. Everyone's got a choice, and that's, that's the beauty of the NBA. You have a choice, and, you know, it's such a controversial thing right now. We see on Instagram how guys are like, don't bring politics into it. But uh, I want to know what your stance is on this whole kneeling and, and standing because I don't think we've talked about it yet. Yeah. Um, so my biggest thing for this is, is everybody for the NBA, we've seen that there's been rules put into place. You know, we've seen that there's been policies and you can't do this, you can't do that. And they've really done a good job of like, you know, making sure that this is going to be a platform to con- like continue this conversation. And the only thing I, I don't like, and it's kind of what we're doing right now, is that we're talking about these standout people of like not choosing to, 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 to kneel or choosing to kneel. And that shouldn't be the conversation that we're talking about. You know, we shouldn't have to, you know, run after a player after the game and because he didn't kneel, ask him, why didn't you kneel? That shouldn't be why, what we're doing in terms of this. We should be, you know, looking for the next step and, and going into kind of action. And, I, and so for me, the kneeling, it, I think the NBA – has done a great job so far that they should take it a step farther and say, you know what, the NBA as a whole, we all are going to be kneeling because there are only a select few. If you're a part of the NBA, let's all kneel. And if you don't like it, maybe stay in the you know the locker room for the, the national anthem or you know choose not to be out there where the national anthem is playing. Or I know this is not realistic. The NBA on the flip side could just get rid of the national anthem. You know, not play it during the game because, you know, national anthems are usually for, you know, the fans and, and all getting up and, you know, saluting who we are, you know, the what the flag means to you. And if they don't have actual fans in there and they have these virtual fans, what's the national anthem really doing in terms of, you know, I'm not standing up at my house. Like I, I'm, I'm still sitting on the couch, you know. If I was at the game, I would stand up, but I'm st- – on the couch watching it and having, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm on the couch having a, a whiskey and Coke and, and I wouldn't stand in my house. So yeah. I don't think that's realistic, but I think they should take a stance on either everybody kneels or, you know, we shouldn't be talking about these odd people because that's not continuing the conversation. You know? Here, Here's my thing. I don't think that'll happen where they can just say, Hey, if you don't want to kneel, you got to get the fuck out of here, dude. Uh, that's not going to happen. I get the whole peaceful protest. Do what you want to do. Here's my thing coming from a, a PR perspective. Hear me out, Hoop. You got the idea of the Black Lives Matter. And like LeBron James said, it's not a movement. It's a lifestyle. So for these guys, 
being, you know, high profile black African Americans peacefully protesting, nothing is absolutely wrong with that. And it gets people's attention. You know, people might be upset about it, but at least people are hearing. Like, this is the first time we've actually, like, done this, and Colin Kaepernick started it all. And people are talking about it, and it's voting year. So let's talk about it. Um, but here's my thing coming from PR's perspective. You have the idea. You have the message. You have the shirts and what you're going to do with that message. But then you also kind of you mentioned it. You got to take action. So my idea is, is if you want change, each team should challenge each other to take the next initiative and take action for their messages by, you know, teams holding press or not press conference, but conferences within, you know, each hotel. All the teams come together in each hotel and say, hey, uh, let's come up with a plan. Let's, you know, with this Black Lives Matter lifestyle, let's donate money to different organizations related to education reform, information on how to vote. Let's donate money to lower to middle class students. Let's provide them laptops for school coming up with education and school starting back up. Or every player from every single team, you got money, man. We've seen you, we've seen players like Dwight Howard, you know, give their whole salary and paycheck to uh, an organization or a charitable um, organization. But let's challenge every player on every team to do whatever you want with maybe like fifteen to $20,000, whatever you're comfortable with. Go back into your own community where you came from, throw it to something that, that has a meaningful cause, whether it's, you know, teaching people on how to vote. How do you actually give it, give that money to supervisors so they, when they have those clubs and those meetings, let's actually take action. That's where the action comes in. So that's where I'm coming from. I love the whole message on the shirts and stuff, but it only goes so far. And I think that's why guys like Jonathan Isaac says, and I don't know, it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything. For you. Right. I think you really nailed it on the head there you know, of, of the, the three-tier type deal, you know. You have to have yourself educated, you know, educate yourself. Then you, you, you have this message or this idea of what to do. And then the third thing is in which we kind of need to continue to have the conversation about is to put it into action. You know, you can say you're going to do all this, but kind of put your, your money where your mouth is in that, in that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we kind of touched on it, but let's go into the, the virtual fans. Uh, we got all these virtual fans in the stadium instead of real real people. What do you, what do you got? Are we, is this worthy or are we keeping it moving? I, I like the virtual fans. You know, I don't think the players really pay any attention to it. They lock in whenever they're on the court. But, you know, you got like CP3 son watching the game, Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce today. Just he's kind of like snoozing on his couch. I want to be a virtual fan. I signed up for the Michelob Ultra contest, took a picture of myself. I thought it was for signing up for a virtual fan, but I think that contest giveaway is just for like, I don't know, like actually going to the bubble or something like crazy like that. I don't know what it is, but I want to be a virtual fan, but let's keep it moving. All right. Let's, uh, let's go into the last topic then. We got CP3. Um, what do you got about CP3, man? What's, what's this about? What is, yeah, he's got looking something good. To say. I'm, I'm already tell you it's probably worthy because – all yeah. we got up there is CP3. Tell me about CP3. CP3, it's worthy, stud, best point guard in the league. At me, bro. So <laughs> um, I just don't think CP3's got enough respect this year that he's deserved um, as the Thunder has kind of been a team that's been on the radar, especially after the All-Star break. That's when they really want – I mean, they went on a streak that was nuts, like, what, 12 games or something like that. Now they're at the fifth spot in the West. They're in the middle of everything. Um, they could be a very scary first-round team. Whoever they're playing, I bet, they, I, I bet they take them to Game 7. 
whoever it is, if they're playing fourth, uh, if they're playing the Nuggets or the Jazz, whoever it is, that's a tough matchup right there. If they're going to play the Rockets, the Rockets going to inch down there. The Mavs, it doesn't matter. They're they're a young team, but they do have CP3 and they got Stephen Adams, and you know that's what you need when we talk about leadership in these teams. It's what a lot of people, a lot of teams don't have. You got CP3. He's a great leader. He's one of these guys who's been outspoken. He's like a LeBron James. He's been through it. You know, he's been in the league forever. Uh, this first game, we see him, you know, you know, with 18 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Um, and, you know, they beat the Jazz, which is the fourth spot right now. So, like I'm saying, I'm preaching it. They look good. They don't have Bobo. Shout out to Bobo from the Pacers last year. But, yeah, they still they still look good. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll, they'll easily make it into that second round for sure. I think they, they play a style of basketball, especially if they play the Jazz. Jazz are kind of – kind of shaking up right now, kind of, we see, I don't know if it's rushed or what, but they got to get it together. So yeah, for sure. I, I think you're right. We got to put some respect on, on, on a good player's name when we haven't really talked about CP3 this year. So yeah, we definitely, cool gotta, deal. We definitely got to. Um, yeah. I like CP3. We'll see what he does. That's, that's it for man to man. <laughs> Is that it for man to man worthy or worthy or keep moving segment. All right, cool. Yeah. Speed it up, Hoop. We're losing the energy. Let's get it going. You like talking about gambling? Yeah, I do. All right, do. cool. We, we, hey, we're, we're sponsored by our guys over at Staddy Capper. Um, Staddy Capper is here to help simplify your quantitative analysis. In the gambling world, Staddy Capper can be for a whole range of people, whether you're new to betting or trying to learn what even a good bet is, uh, or if you've just been in the game for a while and, you know, your pockets are probably really dry, but, you know, they're cool. Uh, me and Hoop use it every day to see where we can get an edge on all of our bets. Go check out staticapper.com and help build a community of people who enjoy sport betting and provide useful insight to help the community win. Let me hear a bet that you made Hoop, this week. Let me hear a bet you made from Staddy Capper this week. Yeah, so this is kind of a, a perfect segue. Uh, so I made probably my best bet of my, my, my the restart and you know sports being back on TV with the Rockets. So I think, let me just, we just kind of segue into the game of the week then, and I'll kind of break it down to you after, you know, of my bet that I used Static Capper for. So basically what happens is, you know, Mavericks Rockets, um, I place a bet on the Rockets. Initially for the start of the game, they're down like, I think about 10 points or so, and they end up winning this game. So, Let's just recap the game real quick. James Harden, 49 points, um, pretty much to outlast these these Mavericks that look very, very good in their in their game. Um, outlandish amount of points. Anybody that was betting the the the, the no, under, under, sorry, it was definitely over, no questions about it. The final score for that was 153 to 49. It did go into overtime, so you got a couple more points there. But I mean, basically, they were going into this, you know, this uh, this overtime period, and going into the, the the fourth quarter is when I placed my bet. Of you know, they were down ten. I placed the bet. It was the odds were in my favor. It was uh, it was plus five hundred, so I put a uh, hundred dollars on the Rockets to win because I'm a I'm a Rockets fan for sure. And you know what what ends up happening uh, basically. We get into overtime, and, and the Rockets, they, they, they outlast these, these Mavericks. But kind of to, to build up to the overtime was, you know, a crazy tip-in. 
um, off of a Harden free throw miss to to even send it into overtime in the first place. Yeah. It was just, you know, I was, you know, it was late at night. I was, you know, I've been drinking a little bit. I was like, man, I already got my money pooled. I already got my money pooled in this game anyway. I, I mean, if anything, I lose two hundred dollars or I win big, and and I made the bet, and it and it helped. You know, and it, and we ended up winning this game, and I I made oh, thanks to Statty Capper. Yeah, one hundred, you turn it into five hundred. Yeah, easy, easy now, points going into the fourth. Yeah, I'll probably take that any day with James Harden on my team. Right. Um, with the 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 beginning of the game, James Harden comes off strong with twenty three points. Um, to pass Calvin Murphy, uh, as the second leading all-time scorer for you know the Rockets. Only behind uh, Akeem Olajuwon, so that was kind of a you know a good side note uh, stat for you on this one. Uh, so this was definitely our game of the week. Another thing to to side note is that Gordon, uh, Eric Gordon is still out with an injury, so they're even going to get stronger once he gets back. He's yeah. expected to miss ten games. But what do you? How did you? Were you watching this game? What were your thoughts on this, uh, Mister Twizzleton? Yeah. yeah. Um, don't know if he's watching. Shout out Johnny if you're watching. You watch our episodes every week. I just <laughs> thought this was hilarious. I walk in. I'm hanging out with Johnny Saturday night. We're watching the Bucks and Celtics game on TV in Walt Disney World. Right. We've been talking about that for about a month. Where they're playing at. Right. Right. I got Johnny. I got money on the Rockets because I heard your bet. You know, I got money on the Rockets. He's, he's like, oh, who are they? Are they playing in Dallas? I'm like, Johnny, how much have you been drinking, dude? He's got like two cores lights there, like tall. I'm like, dude, no, dude. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't even know. I can go out and watch the game. I'm like, all right. Anyways, Rockets with Westbrook look phenomenal. Coming off the COVID injury, let's call it that. Harden coming off the COVID injury. You can't stop Harden, dude. How do you contain Harden? I don't know. He's the only player that's created like a move in the NBA in the past decade. Kobe was two decades ago with the fader, but Harden is this new generation guy. You can't stop him. Rick Carlisle after the game, head coach for the Mavericks, tough loss. Luca, I mean, we're young and we're we need to learn our lesson from that loss because that can't happen again. You got the. I, I'm preaching it. Both LA teams. I I like the Rockets. You got some concerns. I I know where those concerns where both teams are coming from. Uh, the Rockets. They they play their small ball and they go pretty far every single year. So I don't have much doubt on the Rockets this year. Right. I think that was one of the biggest things that I saw from this game was, a the Mavericks played very well. So I think they'll be dangerous as a first round, you know, matchup. And then the Rockets, if if they can string two to three games like this in a row in a series against uh, the L.A. teams. Easy 3-1 lead. It's, it's easy, and we've seen that before, you know. They just have to, you know, get over that hump and not let a team come back and beat them um, right. like that. We've seen that before. Yeah, so I guess to kind of piggyback off, I'm going to throw in a hot take here for this. this oh, I got the hot take. For the episode. Kind of piggyback off my Rockets pick. Early, early, if you're a true listener, you know my, my hot take of the year is I got the Rockets winning the NBA Finals. And I think with more information and how I'm seeing things pan out, I have the Rockets and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. L.A. Lakers are not going to make the Western Conference Finals. The Rockets are going to beat them. 
in the semis. What do you got? What do you think about that? You, you game know? what? Win semis and game what? Oh, it'll it'll go seven against the Lakers, okay. but they'll win. They'll win because Harden will will you know get a fifty burger and Westbrook will be right there just plucking away and getting it done. So. I, I can't disagree. I, I'd love to disagree with all your hot takes. I think they're absolutely ridiculous. I don't think Jamal Crawford's getting one 50-burger, uh, <laughs> nonetheless three 50-burgers. Rockets could do it. We keep talking about LA teams, LA, 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 LA. Dude, it's the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference. You have to go through these teams. It doesn't matter who it is, but the Rockets does have, does have that extra ledge. Plus, we talk about small ball. The Rockets still got Tyson Chandler. P.J. Tucker is up there with a big guy. Covington's a solid 6'9". They're not that bad. They, they have all guys that, that are strong and built enough to get down there on the low post unless they're playing like an Embiid. But even if I see like Covington on Embiid, I don't think that's absolutely like a domination of a matchup or like a mismatch. Right. That's and, where I'm coming from. And, and three-pointers three be two-pointers all day long. All um, day long in this league. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's go into uh, player of the week. And I guess we'll kind of put that into our uh, Pacers segment as well because none other than take it away. Who who gets player of the week this week? TJ Warren gets player of the week. You're talking about burgers. Hey, James Harden didn't even get a 50-burger yet. First 50-burger of the NBA bubble at Walt Disney ESPN Wide World of Sports. TJ Warren keeps sleeping, dude. Are we sleeping who? I'm not, not sleeping. Not us. <laughs> we don't sleep over here. We don't sleep over here. Yeah, I got my boys that you know that are hitting me up. Man, TJ Warren, this is lit. Yeah, hop, yeah, come hop. We'll let you hop on the bandwagon. Yes, sir. We'll yes. let you come on if you ain't sleeping. TJ, man, he's this guy hasn't scored more than forty points in a game in his six-year career. This guy erupted for a career best fifty-three points, nineteen in the fourth. Pacers beat the Sixers, overrated Sixers, one twenty-seven, one twenty-nine. Guys are hyping him up in the locker room. I can't even imagine what that locker room was like after the game. Aaron Hall, they coming out. If you know TJ Warren, he's a walking bucket. It's not surprising to me. We just kept feeding him the hot hand. He had the hot hand, so he was firing up. Vic, another guy encouraging his teammate. Uh, walking bucket, so no surprise to any of us that he did that. And to cap it all off, you get interviewed. TJ Warren, dude, he doesn't even wear sleeves. That's the crazy thing. He's a guy like Harden who doesn't wear sleeves. He doesn't have to be cool. He doesn't even look like he cares. He just gets post-game interviewed. He said, you know what? I'm not only proving the Suns wrong, but I'm proving the whole NBA wrong about who I am as an NBA player. Um, I'm more than cash considerations. And TJ Warren, welcome to the squad long term. Let's pay you, brother. Malcolm Brogdon, I don't know if I'm feeling you right now. You got a neck injury, dude? Put me in a uh, that's appropriate. But yeah, just quit being a bitch, dude. Yeah. Come on, bro. TJ Warren, namaste to you, bro. <laughs> I mean, big, big props to TJ Warren. He's always been kind of that that glue guy for us. And with Brogdon being out, I'll get into him in a second, Twesenton, because I got some shit about him. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got, I, hot, we got hot about Brogdon. <laughs> but I agree with TJ Warren with him being that glue guy for us and being, you know, with Brogdon being out, and Vic coming back from his injury, he's been that kind of offensive presence. And with Domas being out too. Right. And he's been that offensive presence for us. He's been that guy to kind of, you know, when we need a bucket, even if it's not the prettiest looking bucket, he'll get a bucket for us when we need it. 
So this was, you know, it wasn't surprising to me, but, you know, I bet it surprised a lot of other people in the NBA that he went off. Good for him. He'll probably, you know, keep this up, especially now he's got some confidence. So good. People talk about consistency. My God, dude. I know you haven't been watching, but let me just tell you, it has been consistent. He's a walking bucket. His office offensive efficiency rating, I don't know if you care about ratings, but we do. He kills it every time. It's a guy you can get the ball to every time. And I don't know how he hits half the shots that he does, but it's consistent. Yeah. He's been consistent all season. Yeah. So let me let me get into Brogdon real quick because we, we had some conversations about the game because you were like, you know, where's Brogdon at? What he's doing. So I'm not really sold on, on Brogdon yet. So this 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 basically means that, like you said, he's he's kind of a bitch. He's he's playing soft. He's had eight different injuries this year, and you know we see him sit out again against a 76ers team that we have like we're tied we were tied with them going into this game for that fourth and fifth seed, and he he sits out because he has a, a sore neck. Like my neck is sore. Okay, maybe your neck is sore, but can you play basketball with a sore neck? Probably. You know, like yeah. we didn't fucking pay you $85 million, <laughs> you know, to like pick and choose when the fuck you want to play basketball. OK, like we, we when we signed you, we were looking for a, a leader in the point guard position. And yes, when you're on the floor, when you fucking decide to choose to play the game of basketball for the Pacers, you do a good job. But you have to be consistent. Like we were saying, like with TJ Warren, he's a consistent player. You can't be you know, picking and choosing and saying, oh, my neck, my neck hurts. I bet everybody, every NBA player in the, in the NBA can say, oh, my, my leg hurts. Or like, yes, everybody's fucking sore. Unless you're fucking, <laughs> unless your neck, if you're, your, your head is thin sideways like this and you can't move it, then yes, you, you that's a good <laughs> yeah. reason, right? But if it's oh, sore, man. that's not the thing, like that's not a good enough reason and you're getting paid enough money. And this is a game that we really needed. And, I, I just feel like it was kind of a cop out, but yeah. If he, well, we're in the fifth now over the Sixers, so that's that's a plus. But who stepped up for Brock? Aaron Holiday, man. Aaron Holiday, yeah. And if he if he doesn't watch out, Brock just gonna get out be out of a job. Well, we might trade his his little soft ass <laughs> to somewhere else because Aaron Holiday is a is a baller. He's yeah, been balling he's a hooper. Yeah, Aaron Holiday's a little hooper, dude. Same with T.J. McConnell. He, we, we have guys who can play the point guard position. Brogdon, I mean, we even got fucking Vic out here, dude. Like, yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting hype about this, talking <laughs> about the Pacers. We got Vic out here, and Vic looks good. Yeah. Vic is trying to do the whole 360 uh, Crazy AIDS crossover. Back, he's trying to get back in program here, yeah. and he's looking phenomenal. Uh, so Vic will, will take that leadership. We got Samson and TJ Leaf, not a huge TJ Leaf, uh, Leaf guy, but they're they're taking the minutes of Sabonis, is what I'm pretty sure. And Miles, when Miles Turner plays well, we do extremely well, and we usually win those games. So shout out to Miles Ponyhead, um, of course. You looking good, bro? Keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, just to touch on Miles, he had a little foul trouble to begin the game, but once he got through that, he looked. I mean, he looked good. He looked like you know a yeah. fresh Miles Turner. So, what's I, our only weakness, Hoop? What's our only weakness? Final minutes, closing in final minutes. Yeah. Starting, starting. We were looking sketch in those final minutes. We know we play. We were up six against the Sixers in the regular season. Ben Simmons two steals, end up winning the game. We almost did that. It's like, man, Nate McMillan, dude, just practice press offense. That's all you have to do. I was. Texting, but we look good. One and zero. 
I was texting my buddies in our group chat and they were like, are you worried? I'm like, I can't watch the end of this game because if I watch the end of this game, I'm going to just be disappointed because the Pacers do this all the time. I mean, we we pulled it out, and so I'm, I'm happy about that. And it was good. When's the next game? Tomorrow? Tomorrow, uh, yes. Tomorrow would be Monday. But with that, this week's episode is a wrap, man. I will uh, <laughs> catch you next week. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. Namaste. Hey, Pacer Nation, baby. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm nothing. I'm straight hustling.